Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. In this episode, we have Travis Teal from Buckstorm. Buckstorm is a... YouTube channel that if you guys started here in South Dakota is where this is housed, but they do some hunting all over the the West and some great guys put out some good content, do some good things for youth hunting in the area and uh, have some have a good channel put together that seems like just some good authentic uh, just some guys out doing some hunting. We chatted about being dads, chatted about uh, turkey hunting, shed hunting, uh, chatted about the draw stuff going on, just that general off-season sort of conversation hunters have. Great chat with, with Travis. Uh, go check them out on YouTube. Search Buckstorm. Uh, they're also on Instagram and Facebook, so check them out and enjoy this listen with Travis. All right, Travis, thanks for jumping in on the call and appreciate your time on this evening. Got your kids to bed and got time to time to get some of our, I don't want to call it work. It's, it's our thing we like to do. So uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. A kid asked me what I was doing. I said, I got to go record. <laughs> to go. Yes, I love it. Yeah. So chase the passion. Yeah. So introduce yourself. Tell us about your YouTube channel, what you guys are all about. Yeah, for sure. Um, my name's Travis Teal, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. We have a YouTube channel called Buckstorm. Um, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. But basically our main platform is YouTube and we film pretty much everything all the way throughout the year. Um, everything so all of our hunts preparation what we do what we use all the all the things and we kind of try to keep it a little more simple and less produced than some some of the stuff out there just more real relatable um 
so on and so forth. It's myself, Jeremy Meyer, and Austin Yoakum, us three kind of run the Buckstorm platform, if you will, and we release a YouTube video every single week of the entire year, sometimes more than one, but we do try to uh, put one out every week, so it's consistent content and not just one here, one there. Um, and like you said, uh, this is the time of night that usually it, most of it gets done when the kids are in bed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I had this for later, but here we are recording at 8.47 at night because both of our kids, we both got three-year-olds, except you have two three-year-olds. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and trying to trying to get some extra stuff done instead of watching TV because yep. that gets us nowhere. And exactly. And I, and I just would much rather be doing something to better myself, better someone else. So that's that's why I'm here. Absolutely. I always tell my wife, you just got to sleep faster if you want to get something done. So <laughs> I like that. Uh, and you just hear so many excuses about not having time to, I mean, not do what we do necessarily, but to, to get out and hunt and right. that's just an excuse. And exactly. And what is it that, that you do to make that work? I mean, you just told me your wife is a nurse. She's working odd hours. My wife is, works at the same place, different job yeah. and works yep. odd hours. What do you do to make it work? Uh, it's tricky. We are fortunate to have a lot of help, um, family in the area nearby so it just takes some planning less last second things and a lot more uh getting creative with the schedule but we always figure it out um i just can't be like hey i'm gonna do something these three days i just kind of gotta run it by her first make sure we're all good get it figured out and then get it scheduled but she's awesome she's a saint she puts up with me she likes to hunt a little herself, um, doesn't get out as much as she probably wishes she did just because I'm always gone. But she uh, holds down the fort when I'm gone, and we just do what we can to make it work. Nice, nice. Yeah, that we were in Colorado before this, and it, uh, it was re actually really hard. Even though I was there for eight years, it was hard to just get out and do a real hunt, even though I'd go on hunts after work. It, it just was yep. not like a real hunt. I want to get out and go in the back country. I'm gone for three, four, five days. I did very few of those. <laughs> and it yep. just was because well, of I can that. Relate. There's, <laughs> we had no family there, none. <laughs> so there was no help, no one to watch a kid. No, it just, you know, it just absolutely was, was tough. Yeah, that makes it tough for sure. So real tough. It's nice being closer to family saying, hey, mom, dad, coming out. I need you to watch the kid and i'm going hunting for well i got my september elk hunt planned with my dad so we're we're excited to to head back to colorado and i don't even know if i'll draw a tag or go buy a tag it'll just be a yeah focus on dad because yep absolutely i can relate to that it's just all about getting out and that's the reason i'm into hunting is because of my dad so anytime you can go on a hunting trip with pops it's always a good one yeah, I we had a good season two years ago, and he just got hooked. Just got hooked. <laughs> just that's the, awesome. Yeah, I mean he's had he he's done his Black Hills uh, rifle elk hunt. He's done his Colorado rifle over the counter hunt and whatnot. But 
but when we we started chasing him with a bow that was something something that just triggered a different nerve that that really was fun <laughs> it was really yeah. really fun and just i every every bull i've had within bow range i can just still have those those imprints burned in oh, my brain 100 of those big black legs walking through the pinion juniper and that's all you see or it's absolutely six, that's six what got me hooked yeah one busting me here or there or all of them busting me <laughs> right. you bet yeah so yeah, uh my, oh go ahead oh sorry yeah my dad uh that's kind of what got me really hooked on elk hunting uh when I was 13 years old, my dad drew his archery Black Hills tag, and he pulled me out of school a few days and brought me with as much as he could without getting me expelled, I think. And <laughs> and just that was my first like up close look at elk hunting, you know. And ever since that day, I've just been hooked. I mean, there was times when I was probably 15 years old or 14, couldn't even drive yet, and. I'd be like, dad, let's go look for elk. And he'd take me out and we'd go drive around, look for elk, try to call one in, you know, and it just, it's crazy how just an experience as he, it doesn't matter how old you are, but your first experience like that, if that doesn't get you hooked, then nothing's gonna. Yeah. Yeah. And I apologize to the listeners. I think I've told this story, but I just so proud. Like I told you earlier, took my now three-year-old last September on a little hunt with my my buddy he was the i just left my bow in the truck because i knew it wasn't going to work he had his little plastic bow and i had yeah. he had his binos <laughs> and all this i was like i'll just bring my bugle tube and we'll we'll go there <laughs> and we sat on this point and we had watching these these bulls we've been trying to pull off a pr- uh, private onto some other private and <laughs> yep. we, we called one over and i just was kind of sitting there and his little arm raised up and he just whispered big bull (laughs) oh my gosh and i looked over he wasn't kidding it was not a big bull but it was a bull that's awesome a little raghorn and he looked and i was like okay okay we called one in great and so we had him at 80 and then i was like well my buddy's down the hill that so we backed off and kind of hid behind the decoy and kind of snuck back and just kept calling at him and and he snuck over to the other ridge, so now he was right above us, and my buddy was there somewhere. I lost track of him. We didn't have that. He didn't come the way we thought he'd come, so didn't work out. But he still he talked about that for months and months, and I bet I could still get him going if I, I, I asked him if he remembered the bull coming down the hill. And he just said over and over, bull coming down the hill, bull coming down the hill. And That's great. Yeah. So he's it, – it's that – that I understand now as, and those of you listeners that, that are dads or moms that have that totally get it. So if you're 20, 25, you're just probably shutting us off, but, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, a it's a pretty rewarding thing. So that's what it's all about. And that's the only way it's going to keep, keep on going. Cause you got to get them involved. There's too many kids that sit in front of a TV or video game all the time and they always have more fun outside you just got to set that in their brains at an early age so they're not just stuck inside yeah give them that structure so absolutely so uh let's uh switch gears how'd the turkey season go and i got we got listeners all over the country so uh we're in the black hills area prairie all around kind of a couple of different types of ecosystems around but 
majority, I think, uh, the turkey hunting is happening in the Black Hills here, and I know our birds are down in numbers, but uh, yeah, for sure. how, how'd your how'd your hunt go? Uh, not bad. Uh, we naturally are a little bigger into shed hunting than turkey hunting, but we still do a little bit of turkey hunting, and I can definitely agree with you that usually when people say numbers are down, I'm just like, yeah, they just didn't go enough. This year, I can confidently say numbers are down because I put some miles on the boots and that's usually my biggest like turkey scouting tool is when I'm shed hunting. We just stumble into them, you hear them, and then that's where we end up turkey hunting that year. Hmm. Yeah. And in 287 miles that I hiked this year, shed hunting, I can count on one hand how many gobbles and how many turkeys I actually saw when we were out and about. So that was just kind of a testament to the numbers being down. I heard in areas of, that there's always turkeys. So yeah, I heard one of the game wardens saying how what what we got left are the bird feeder birds, the ones hanging out in the bird feeders and the little towns and little developments and all throughout the hills. And it's there's there's not much left. I don't know what I can totally agree with that statement because yeah. <laughs> that's about where we found them this year. But yeah. I did end up shooting one uh, oh back in April. We have an annual turkey hunt we went on like a three-day camp trip and the weather was absolutely horrendous it snowed on us for three days and uh, we were turkey hunting in four or five inches of snow the whole time but we just kind of made what we could of it and they weren't talking we literally hunted them like mountain lions cut tracks follow them until you get into the moment cluck a few times and just make it happen <laughs> well we ended up stumbling into a jack pine thicket where they were just held up underneath these jack pines in the afternoon and on mondays head offshore with captain scott walker and steve roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures coming to me coming to me coming to me double he's jumping he's jumping he's jumping oh oh look at Ooh. that belly don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m eastern tell a few fish stories along the way on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment one of them come walking out just kind of hunkered down and i I had to do it it's just one of those things you know obviously you'd like to call them in but it was yeah. we just made the most of it and with the conditions we had and it was still fun it was kind of a unique way to hunt turkeys for sure but oh yeah that honestly be a little bit more fun for me i think yeah because i can't sit i don't yep. i don't sit well i gotta be yeah. moving <laughs> yeah and if there's but, snow and that we had that I don't know, my house, I had like 14 inches of snow the one time, and then we had another five in there somewhere, all within like two weeks. Yeah, it was it was definitely a different way to hunt them, but it was fun, and it ended up being probably the second biggest bird I've ever shot in the Black Hills, so that was huh. kind of wild too. But um, outside of that, didn't do a ton of turkey hunting. Guided a couple guys from Louisiana that shot birds on a private piece that we have access to, and that was a pretty cool hunt. Uh, first morning just got too fired up right away and went down quick and then we chased him around with the stick and string for a couple days and didn't have any luck there but outside of that we we did a lot more shed hunting this year for sure than turkey hunting had the numbers been up i probably would have hit it a little harder but yeah just got discouraged and decided to shed hunt a little extra yeah i 
totally the same. I I screwed up a good good bow hunt. I had had some birds that I was just kind of needing them to go in a certain spot and kept checking on them. And I literally set up and I left and went to the other spot, came back, set up, left, went to another spot, came back. And this time I didn't set up, literally just me sitting with a bow. And of course that's when I just had to, I don't know, I just was calling nonstop, just going crazy, crazy. And, And they eventually came in all strutting two nice big toms and there's no way I was drawn. No way I was drawn. No, I had nothing. No no decoy, no nothing. So That's the worst when you get caught. Yeah. And I didn't I I think I could have drawn I started drawing at twenty five yards and I think I probably should have I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't think yeah, there was there's any sometimes you get stuck in a moment and you're like you just can't decide what to do because you just don't have a good play. And you're like, you just sit there and watch it happen. Cause you know, the second you move it's game over. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I've heard Rogan and John Dudley and what's his butt with hex suit rave about their hex suit. And it works great on birds and bears and whatever else. It didn't work. I was yep. wearing it. It didn't work. So yeah, they turkeys have learned, they're just a creature of movement. If you don't move, they're cool. You can put a ground blind in a wide open field with a decoy 10 feet in front of it. And they'll come in and they don't care as long as they don't see movement. But if you're sitting out in that field in the wide open and you move, they're gone. So it's like, I always thought it was so funny when you see like a ground blind out in the middle of a field back growing up I'm like, yeah, yeah. they're never going to come out there and they do yeah. and they don't care they just don't want to see the yeah. movement <laughs> it's just a weird deal it's definitely a fun challenge to try to kill one from the ground with a bow without a blind no kidding no just, kidding i mean if you didn't have to draw it'd be pretty easy but just having that factor and having to draw back it yeah. definitely adds an extra element to it absolutely and i would agree with you i'd rather be shed hunting so how'd the shed hunt go? It was a good year uh, for me, anyhow. Jeremy definitely had a rough one. Um, if anyone that's watched any of our videos or if anyone checks them out, will uh, understand once they watch them. But <laughs> I, uh, I started out my deer shed season went real bad, and I was telling all my buddies, I'm like, the only way I'm going to salvage this year is if I crush it on the elk sheds and. I ended up finding, let's see, uh, nine or no, 11 brown elk sheds that I found this year out of 13 Hmm. were within one square mile of each other. I just found the the mother load. I found the pocket. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Those are, those are the little holes that are the pockets that you're like, you can't help but find them once you get in them. It's just like, oh, there's one right there. And I'm going to walk over here. Oh, brick, there's another I one know, right it there. It was nuts and the then, first day. Yeah. It and, then, was... and then you go to another spot, another day, and it's like you can't find something to save your life. I know. It's crazy. But that's what keeps a guy going. Just the, the thrill. Not everybody understands it. Not everybody's crazy enough to. I mean, there's plenty of days I go out and hike 15 to 20 miles and don't pick up a thing or pick up one old chalk or, but those days like that make it all worth it. And that only reason I 
stumbled into that spot this year. I've always shed hunted there, but I wasn't really planning on spending a lot of time there this year because I just wasn't seeing the elk in there. Well, they were just a little further in and they weren't moving and I just never come across them. And once I got in there, I found their little pocket and nobody goes in that deep. And I uh, went out one morning right before bad storm was coming in. I thought it was going to be snowing, but it didn't. So I jammed down there and had about four hours till the snowstorm and picked up four browns all within 400 yards of each other. And they were all right sides. <laughs> Never paired one up that day. So then I had motive to go back. <laughs> yeah. I I'm looking at my pile now that I haven't, it's, it is like almost double right sides to lefts. Oh yeah. It, that, it is double within one or two. <laughs> that's nuts. I found, uh, let's see my first six, seven, eight. I found eight rights before I found a left this year <laughs> and I didn't That's pair so up weird. a bunch of them. And I spent a ton of time looking for a couple good bulls early that I found. And I just couldn't, I couldn't turn them up. I don't know. I, and then, then I found a 6.1.8 miles apart from each other. And I'm like, well, I guess, uh, huh. that, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, there's no rhyme or reason for right or left or none of that. Zero reason. But no, none at all. Statistically, it doesn't add up. Like you yeah, should be exactly. fine in the other one or uh, another exactly. side. It just doesn't add up. It's a weird deal for sure. <laughs> yeah. So there's, but it was a good year for sure. It was, it was fun. Huh. Yeah. I found this really goofy one. He's got two main beams, uh, but like good mass at the bottom, like a, he was an older bull, not older, oh, but nice. just like an average size bull. And he's got one beam that goes back about three foot with a little fork at the end. And then, uh, the other beam just kind of goes and has a crab claw at the end. That's like two and a half foot out. And it's got like a normal third in there somewhere. <laughs> that's <laughs> super cool. I, I'm all about those freak ones. That That's, it's always fun to find one that's unique like that yeah and it was just laying out laying on this log propped up it was last year so white as can be and i looked down it's like if anybody would have glasses they would have seen that <laughs> anybody because it just white as can be propped up tines sticking up they, they should have found it but that's too funny that's my favorite when you get in an area and you you stumble across a white shed or something really obvious that you're like if that, if anyone shed hunted here, that would not be sitting there. Right. And it just gives you that extra drive to. Yeah. Um, that area. And with, uh, and there is no shortage of shed hunters these days. It's interesting to see the different styles we've got. We got those people. Uh, I posted a picture just the other day of a guy I met that he had a pile. Uh, I, he's gotta be one of the best, biggest shed hunters in the state. He has to be, he, the, stuff he was picking up is unreal and he said he was eight miles short of 500 miles since march 1st and that's crazy i know and he said oh, i haven't really missed a day and blah, blah, blah. just and i looked down at, i just was having a hard time believing all that but i looked at his boots and i think he's telling the truth <laughs> he, yeah i got a buddy that's like that he has landscaping business and he doesn't have much work yet that early and he can pretty much go every day and he he's crazy like me i'll go hike 15 miles and 
it's nice to have like a week to recover before I can go again, but he'll hike 15 miles and then he'll go out the next day and hike 15 miles and then he'll go out the next day and hike 15 miles. What a <laughs> I'm like, great it opportunity gets the guy yeah, going great. and gets you in shape. So. Yeah. Great opportunity to get in shape for sure. Yeah. That's what I really like about it. I've, last year I lost 20 pounds and this year I lost 15 just shed hunting. Huh. I've got, uh, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of it, the alpha bow hunting challenge. Um, we've got that coming up here. It's in Denver. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you guys got to check that out. Uh, the one year I was able to pull it off with the, at the finals, uh, I had worked my tail off and I had started way sooner than now, but I I'm headed down there again in end of July and I, I've just been shooting a little, I am soft <laughs> and yeah. I didn't hike hike a ton because i just bought a house and just moving into a house and all this stuff so it's i'm, I'm way behind so <laughs> it's just not not good but right uh, well it's always a opportunity nonetheless to push yourself a little bit i guess right yeah yep it was this weekend is uh go time shot a little today and gotta mess around with with some a new tape on my bow and it's go time for uh, morning time at say like five thirty. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> but, yep, uh, I gotta get my new bow set up. Still, I got a new sight and rest and everything, and I've been putting it off because I've been shed hunting so much. But time to stop putting it off now and get her done. Yeah. So there's so with your your shed hunting, uh, kind of with those styles of people you, you see people that are heavy glassers, people that are just put in miles. And I'm going to say that's probably what you are mainly because 200 some miles, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. And then there's yep. people that don't have a clue what they're doing. They're just out wandering, but what, what works right. for you? I, uh, I do a lot of glassing, but I, I'm not the guy that's going to sit in one spot and glass for 30 minutes. So I'm kind of like hike, you hit a really nasty looking good south slope or anything that just looks good. I'll stop, sit down, maybe 10 minutes, pick it apart the best I can in 10 minutes and keep moving. I seem to find a fair amount of them glassing, but more of them wandering and putting the miles on and just kind of strategically in my brain. We always call it the strategic wander. Um, but yeah, just like hopping south slope to south slope this year i hit more north slopes than i normally would just because there wasn't as much snow that time of year and i i just found elk sign and just targeted the elk sign or just basically put miles on until i got into elk sign um i do a lot more glassing once i feel like i'm in the place i should be but until i find that place i just kind of like to wander and sometimes you'll stumble across one and hit a pocket of sign, then I'll sit down for 30 minutes and pick apart a huge south slope or huge side hill or meadow or whatever the case. And so I kind of do a little of both, I would say, but yeah. Um, yeah. Good optics are definitely a big helper just because I think that glassing is kind of underrated because you might have 150 yards away. You just walk right by if you don't stop and take a look, but that's true. That's, that is so true. And in the hills, like the 10 by fifties don't work. I need something smaller for the hills, but then there's other spots that I do need my higher powers. 
for, yep. and yeah, it, it, I am so bad at that and I work on it every, every year just, uh, yep. and it's a lot of stop and then look around. If I can get myself to sit down, I don't do that very often. I got to get myself yep. to sit down. It's so yep, That's so what hard. I do. And I, I like to, I didn't do it a lot this year, but most years I'll bring a tripod too. And like, if you put, just put your binos on a tripod, it's just oh, how yeah. crazy, how much difference it makes on picking up stuff. Yeah. And my favorite time by far to shed hunt that a lot of people may or may not know is rainy days. If you get a rainy day, they just glow. They pop like, um, the one day that I could hardly lift my pack and get it back to the truck this year. It was a real rainy, nasty day. Just put the rain gear on and went, they make rainy days make for good hiking days from a temperature standpoint and keeping your body heat down and, it was awesome. I mean, I'm walking in bare iron sheds from across the canyon at like 200 yards. They just, and if they're laying in the right spot, they just glow on rainy days. It's hard to, hard to explain, but overcast is good too. But something about that rain just makes them shine and they're just a different color when they're fresh than anything else. Yeah. Huh. And the ivory tips, it just makes them pop. I, yeah. I, I pray for rain when I'm going shed hunting. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I've heard that, but I, I've always thought it was kind of ge- kind of one of those geographical things of where different areas it's going to be, um, where that works, farm ground, whitetails or whatever. So it's interesting to hear just regular old mountain country, yep. hills country, whatever you want to call it, and this, this style, because we've got a lot of listeners that are not South Dakota or or Western States mainly, um, that are going to be looking. So during that, during that rain, it's a good, good tip to, to, yeah, that's one of my favorite. I mean, if, if the forecast, if I had three days of shed hunt and it was going to be sunny four and rain three, I'd call mess and sometimes not as comfortable. It just seems like I've always had a lot better success in the rain. So, yeah. So the uh, draw results just came out for elk, and the uh, I, I don't want to name call, but people are complaining and whining on the entitled hunters are are complaining and whining <laughs> on Facebook and and social media about you never draw a tag, we're never going to draw a tag, blah 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 blah, all this whining and and moaning and about not ever drawing and oh yeah and across the west results are coming out with the same thing so yes there's south dakota just came out with it but across the west we've got all the all the elk draws and deer draws coming out and one thing i'm really struggling with and we talked about this before we hit record those is just the that entitlement that just because there are elk in this state and there's elk in Kentucky and in Pennsylvania and Minnesota, yes. Wisconsin, all over the East. Just because there's elk there, you're not entitled to a tag at all. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. If, if you put in the work and and as in the work, as in the the dollars and the years to apply, and it's not much for money actually. If you're a right. resident in most of those states, yep. uh, if you if you put in that time, you will eventually draw. 
A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. If you are wanting to get an elk tag every year, you need to go to one of the states that has elk in it that are in the 200,000s or 150,000 elk, not exactly not under 20,000 elk. What I don't even know how many we have. 10? I think 000, it's actually 50? estimated to be between like 5 and 7,000 is all in the Black Hills, so Oh jeez. Jeez, I haven't I was trying to find that I wanted to find that stat the other day cuz I, I Yeah, and I haven't looked for a couple of years, but that's what it was, I know, cuz that one year that they they had the aerial picture of the big winter herd, they were saying that they figured a lot of them were Wyoming elk as well, but the that they had figured that there was almost 40% of the entire elk herd in the Black Hills was in that big winter group because there was like over 2,500 elk in that one group. So, oh wow, that's cool. Pretty, uh, pretty wild, but a lot of people just. You know, I, I have a little biology background because that's what I went to school for and graduated college with a degree in wildlife fisheries management. And like just the the people that just don't understand simple biology and conservation in general right. are the ones that feel like they're entitled to a tag more than right. more than anything. But <laughs> I look at it a little different. It's a great opportunity when you do draw your tag in South Dakota. It's kind of a once in a lifetime deal. You might get two if you're lucky, um, but you just throw throw your ten bucks in the hat and wait for your turn. I mean, it'll come someday. Yeah. And there's some tags that it won't come. Custer State Park, Bighorn Sheep, Mountain Goat, all those. Those are most people never going to see that tag. But somebody's got to get it. Throw your name in the hat and. Uh, maybe someday you'll get lucky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I saw some, someone comment, uh, someone did draw and they, and somebody was harassing them about, you've been putting in for 13, 14, 15, what are 18 years? I don't know what it is. And now you're doing your research and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. <laughs> What's gonna, I mean, yeah, you right. can, you can get out and do some work. Like, while you're shed hunting, while you're turkey hunting, mark the heavy rubbed areas, the heavy oh, signed yeah, areas. You you find those little spots, and but I'm I, I'm not gonna scout for a like go hardcore scouting for a tag I'm gonna get 15 down, years down the road because everything's gonna change. And, exactly, and you, you're gonna do what you can. But I mean, when people draw these tags, well, it's now it's time to help them out. All right. You you drew that tag. Now let's try and figure this out. And and uh, um, there's no real, there's not much for secrets. Exactly. <laughs> there shouldn't be much for secrets in these kind of things. So um, yeah, it just it just drives me nuts the the entitlement that I see. So um, yeah, it's it's like there's certain people. Um, you like I even know a couple former coworkers and stuff that have over 20 years preference and. I'm always hoping they draw their tag, you know, and they have in the last few years. And I'm like, Oh, maybe this year, maybe this year, you know, and I'm like positive about it, but they don't know. And they're just, they're like, I got 23 years. And that there's guys drawn with nine. I'm like, well, that's the, 
thing about a lottery. It could have been you with nine. Right. You just don't know. So, and and that's the kind of the great thing about not a true preference point system. Having a true right. preference point system, you have to, have to, have to. If you and I wanted to, we would never hunt the Arizona Strip. I mean, I'm exactly. I'm not putting in for that, and I don't have enough life to put in for it. There's no, mm-hmm. I will never draw it. No possible way because it's true preference point versus Absolutely. here and some other states where it's like a cubed system like what we have. Yep. Uh, you just have better odds as you go get higher. So it actually creates an opportunity where somebody with five, six, seven actually does it, but the, the average is 17. Exactly. And, and it gives you a little hope. Yep. You're in I the, like how New Mexico does it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Just put in. It's like winning a gun in a drawing at a banquet when everybody's name goes in the hat one time. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a few more entries. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, uh, and one thing, if, if anybody's looking at South Dakota to come hunt it, if you look at how we allocate our tags, we do give landowners 50% of the tags that and people do complain about that but if you look at the stats it rarely happens I and mean, there's yep. it's not they're not getting all those tags if they don't take them all then it gets bumped down to the to the next or in those in the public and the regular draw so um, exactly and and being i mean so i've had a few non-residents reach out like i want to come on elk and south dakota being a resident only draw it's we don't have the elk population to sustain more. I mean, it ta- if it takes a resident 20 years, it'd take a non-resident 40. So at that point, it doesn't make sense to even have a non-resident season. Right. And I think that's one thing like some people were hating on, like, oh, we let you come on our state. Well, you have 150,000 elk in your state and we have five to six, 7,000 <laughs> in ours. So. Yeah. That's a big thing, and there's huge non-resident deer oppor- deer hunting opportunities, turkey hunting opportunities in South Dakota. So, yeah, everybody can still come hunt here. It's just elk is just the one thing that we don't have enough of them to uh, to bring people in. I guess you could say, but yeah, um, I wish we did, but we just it's probably not going to happen. We don't have a big enough mountain range to support that many of them. Right, and too much, too much. Not, I don't want to say too much agriculture, but we have agriculture out in the out in the prairie that yep. wouldn't allow for that. So, exactly. So I don't want to exactly. say too much. Too much just sounds like I'm hating on them. <laughs> um, right. No, I totally just, understand. It's not the habitat for them. Exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, because we do have states nearby that, that do allow some more elk opportunities, um, I don't know if you got if you head head over that way at all, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, but what's your, what's your fall plans look like? Yeah. So, uh, this year, a little bit different than most, just because we, uh, recently started doing a little guiding and, um, outfitting stuff. So we kind of have a busy fall planned and we'll be elk hunting and uh, mountain goat hunting and, who knows what else but for now i know we have a mountain goat hunt booked we have a elk hunt booked we have a few different hunts in the hopper but we didn't plan as much stuff just because we're kind of trying to get this whole deal rolling 
Um, but normally our plan is if nobody draws an elk tag, we're just going to go hop in over the counter unit in Colorado um, and just hit it. But Austin did draw his Wyoming tag this year. So Austin will be out in Wyoming hunting in grizzly country and he shot one pretty good bull here a few years ago um, when he last time he had his Wyoming tag. So um, that'll be pretty neat. I don't know if I'm going to make it out there with him or not, but he'll be out there and we're Jeremy and I drew uh, our Kansas archery deer tag. So we're going to Kansas in November. <clears throat> Outside of that, we're just going to see what other tags fall into place, do a little archery hunting here, here at home and, uh, hopefully pull a couple gun tags and it should be a really fun fall and most importantly to us we're just going to be hunting a lot and whether i hold a tag or not that's what it's all about so yeah i absolutely love mixing up the styles of my hunts and being uh back in the area again it's kind of a challenge to like okay where what's my style or like what's what do i want to do i got so many yep. options and i want to go learn stuff one of my favorite hunts is a new hunt of some area exactly. I've never been and, and messing around with prairie muleys or. Yep. Uh, that I'm uh, a big, big fan of setting like a archery goal every year. So like one year, maybe it's, I want to shoot a white tail with my bow in the black Hills yeah. and you just focus on it and you make it happen. And then the next year, maybe it's, I want to do a spot and stock mule deer hunt on the prairie with a recurve you know like just set like a goal and stay true to it instead of hopping around and you kind of hurt your odds by like hunting all these different areas instead of staying true to one thing it's like bringing a bow goal. it's like bringing a bow along on a hunt you can have a rifle or a bow on <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but it it's work. just one of those things where it's like you know if if your goal is to shoot a mule deer with a recurve at close range spot and stock every time you can go and you got a windy day you go you know you just go do that instead of like ah today i'm gonna go hop in the tree stand or whatever you know and i just kind of enjoy like setting a goal and then trying to accomplish that goal each year and each year you can kind of change it and it just kind of makes it um unique and almost like even though it's the same tag, it's almost like a different tag because one year maybe you want to focus on shooting a quote unquote mountain whitetail in the black Hills or the next year you want to go shoot a big mule deer or maybe the next year you want to go um, head East or head out and shoot a bigger whitetail out on the prairie or out East river. And it's just kind of a neat, neat thing, at least in South Dakota and every state's a little different, but um, the way that it's, it works here, I'd, I've always kind of enjoyed just setting kind of a season goal and staying staying somewhat true to it. That's a good way to look at it because you, there's most people are getting the same tag every year, and that's a good way to mix it up and try and do set a new goal. It's with the same tag um, versus in the three states west of us where you you've got a different hunt in every unit around you and you're really playing that preference points game here. We're not playing a preference points game with our archery tag. It's exactly. You're getting exactly. It. So what are you going to do different with it each year? You don't want to just always go to the same spot in the Hills and stick a small Hills deer. <laughs> right. 
exactly. Yeah, that, I mean, that'd be fun, but to a point, you gotta you're you're not learning as much as you could. Absolutely, and that's the reason I've mentioned the the recurve or traditional spot and stock mule deer is that's kind of a bucket list thing of mine. I've shot a couple mule deer inside of like five yards on super windy days, getting right in on them on cut banks. And I just thought every time when I was that close, I'm like, I would have, it would probably actually help me to have a recurve right now or a longbow. And I just always have thought that that would be one of the cooler things to do. So that's kind of my new goal. And that's why I brought it up. But I don't know if this year I'm going to have a whole lot of time to make it happen but I'm sure going to try. So <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> a year or two behind you there. I got my recurve just showed up not too long ago and doing my research through interviews and chatting with some different people on how the heck I shoot this thing. So, yep. And yeah. And I, I grew up shooting one and I haven't shot one since then. So yeah, I mean, me too. I did a lot of both shin, like looking down the arrow and, I'm still pretty confident out to like, you know, 20 yards or so. And that's all I'm, I plan on doing anyhow is trying to get that close anyhow. And, you know, don't get me wrong. If it's not a windy day, I'm not going to waste my time. I'll probably still take my compound and just decide which bow to take based on the conditions. But yeah, you get a real windy day and it's pretty fun to get in tight to those big mule deer bucks. That's cool. So, uh, what projects things does Buckstorm have coming up here and kind of, I think we've only really mentioned the, the guiding stuff a little bit off, off there, but, um, yeah, what do you guys got going on and, and conclusion? Yeah. yeah, for sure. We, uh, this year, uh, with the guiding deal, it's going to be a little different, but, um, one thing we're kind of planning on doing is videoing all these guided hunts as long as our clients are okay with it to produce a little hunt of their own um and we'll probably be posting a fair amount of those on our youtube channel um along with a private place that we have as well that we're uh, outfitting on some archery deer hunters and so on and so forth kansas trip we're going to take our bunkhouse down there and um, hang out for a week down at my buddy's place. I've been down there a few times, big, big buck country in Kansas. And it's funny. You go, a lot of people are like, why would you go to Kansas to shoot a whitetail? Well, if you haven't been there, you just don't get it. But once you go there and you see your first 190, it just kind of uh, makes you want to go back. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, just kind of, we have a couple elk hunts planned. Um, just kind of do our thing we just kind of make what we can work uh, we usually try to sneak out archery antelope hunting sometimes uh, even if it's just a day trip uh, jeremy and i actually work at our full-time jobs together and we have the same day off and that's how we kind of make this whole thing spin oh nice and so we do a lot of hunting on like tuesdays um just day trips even um mostly just archery deer and sometimes during rifle season whatnot but that's kind of what's in the hopper we got some summer projects that we're gonna work on and just you know some instructional type videos we've released a scouting video here not too long ago and just what summer preparation anything that can kind of help somebody just get through this what we call the off-season blues time and uh 
there's always something to be doing. And if you can't think of anything to do, just pick up your bow and go shoot it, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, uh, it's nine 30 and well, no, it's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. I don't have to work tomorrow. Uh, I do. you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I will let you go. So you can go get some sleep and, and go to yeah. work tomorrow. So I appreciate your time and, and, uh, um, we'll shout out again where people can follow you, see your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's been fun and, uh, you can check us out on YouTube. If you just search Buckstorm, our channel is called Buckstorm. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. And we kind of cross post everything and we release a video every single week. So, if you're big into watching hunting on YouTube, maybe learning a little, just uh, keeping it simple and check our stuff out to see what you think at least. And it's uh, we're real open to answering questions. We reply to every message as prompt as we possibly can that we get. So if somebody's wanting to come to South Dakota hunting, we always um, tell them what, point them in the right direction on getting their tag and just general vicinity on where they should focus their scouting efforts and e-scouting. And, um, yeah, that's, that's the gist of it, but, um, hope you guys enjoyed. If you check it out, it's kind of just our passion and we've always chased it and we're going to do it no matter what. So turned it into a little, little side business, if you can call it that anyhow, but, um, my wife, knowing how much money I've put into it probably doesn't really think it would qualify as business. But. <laughs> uh, that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but thanks again for having, having me on man and uh, look forward to maybe doing it again here in the future. So yeah, you bet. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good night. You too. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God.